Hello and welcome to the Gibby Community, a sonic space for empathy and kindfulness. I'm Ruby Illink, and this episode I'm talking to Umprakash, a civil engineer working for Water Harvest, a charity based in the north of India that helps villagers create water harvesting structures so they can have easy access to running water. In our last episode, we spoke to Neil Mater, the chair of Water Harvest, and we announced that they have a golden ticket entrant into the London Marathon. And I can now name the runner. Water Harvest's London Marathon runner is Alison Mitchell. She is the treasurer of St. Michael's and All Angels Church, based in Chiswick, who have had Water Harvest as their chosen charity for four years and has raised over £30,000 for it so far. Links to her fundraiser page is in the description. Now let's have a chat with Umprakash. Hello Umprakash and welcome to the Givy community. Hello, namaste. It's an honour to share Water Harvest with the Givy community. Yeah, it's, a, it's an honour to have you on. Uh, I remember when we last spoke, you, you just sounded really proud of your work at water harvest so I'm really happy to have this chat with you today. Start with introducing yourself and your work with water harvest. So my name is Om Prakash Sharma and I born and brought up in Udaipur where our India liaison office is and I'm a, I'm a technical engineer you know, so civil engineer so my role primarily is to design plan you know water harvesting structure this is how it started in 1990 and with what harvest i'm working for last 22 years permanently enhancing my role you know as a project management we have a team of three four people who are being managed in india office okay and why did you want to start working with what harvest so i think i think as um, as, as we know you know during 1990 when i did my civil engineering and we, you look for a job initially and then I was in touch with an agency who was providing free technical services to NGOs and we were going into villages and that was first time where I was exposed to village community me being born and brought up in city where you know everything is taken granted where like water supply schemes 24-7 available when you go into villages where you see women, girls walking five to six kilometer daily to fetch water, then you understand the plight of the people. So this experience where I thought it's worthwhile spending your life to these people. That's lovely. So you really did find a passion there. I think think the passion as well is self-satisfying too, you know, in the sense that you can earn money, but you will give something, you know, to those who don't have, it's self-satisfactory. It helps you to, you know, enhance your confidence, etc. That That's really lovely. And you said that when you went there, you, you learned a lot. Mm. So, so I think the region where, you know, I studied is basically in north northwest side of India, and which is driest states where rainfall is just 100 to 400 millimeter. And it rains in three months, out of three months, only 30 days. And that's what people do have, you know, to catch water year round. During studies, we were being taught 
something you know large structures which can help to bring water etc etc but then you know when i went into villages and especially in in desert communities where there is lots of wisdom and knowledge and i i found that there are 45 different ways and means to harvest water and that surprised me that uh, there is something we need to learn to go there rather than thinking that uh, me being trained engineer i can teach them so so it wasn't just a one way exchange of of you giving your knowledge that they, they were also giving you their knowledge i think i think maybe it's a two way there is something you know which we can also give the new technological solutions new ideas while going to another village we can share village experience to the village where you are going at the same time learned a lot from communities especially small scale harvesting solutions how to little bit of your own small scale water harvesting work and uh, you can save lots of water rather than you know, looking for a big solutions to harvest water use water efficiently so through creating these water harvesting systems working with the villagers what impacts did you see from helping them create these water harvesting systems mm. so let's see last 22 years you know i'm full time working and you know moving going into villages where water harvest is implementing projects through our ngo partners so i'll talk about short term as well as a long term impact what the major changes i personally have observed three impacts which really impressed me one is earlier in 2002 when water was tankered water was brought in for construction of these what harvesting structures now in 2009 people have enough water to grow three crops 2002 they were doing just one crop now doing three crops these crops means you know they have enough food to eat so they don't need to buy from outside second the migrations migration is good you know you need to go out learn earn etc but if you are pressed or migrating because of distress then it's not going so whole distress migration in these villages have gone down drastically and then third cooperation co-creating people start believing themselves that they can do it and then they can continue growing their life another example in desert typically villages don't have water so we put up small scale water harvesting systems called tankas and seven villages have got 2000 such structures and the whole village is settled when you are settled then you start thinking of your education more income generation so the long term impacts are very very beneficial i always say that water is foundation water is key overall development and water harvest projects have set up a foundation for overall development of these communities that's brilliant um and it's it's great that that you guys have have done this and they they feel a bit less um forgotten i think that's true if you see the villages where we are working these are isolated we always select villages which are far away from reach of any government any ngos projects so you can think that they are already isolated neglected sometimes by government ngos and when you start helping them they start believing themselves and then they develop their whole life Yeah, of course that yeah, they start believing in themselves and the values that you go by encourage that as well, don't they? Mm. 
So it's since you know beginning in 1998 when Water Harvest was you know founded, we were very fortunate to have NGO partners and leaders who were basically value based. When I say value based, there are some key values you need to adhere to, like transparency, accountability, honesty, integrity, valuing every caste and creed. We always believe that whether you are a man or a woman, whether you are from a, any particular religion or a caste, everyone needs to sit on a same platform. There should not be hierarchy. So I think such kind of values and principles were adhered over the years. And that has brought democratic institutions within village to take up the further development. And do you um, visit these villages even past installing these water harvesting systems? We are a very small organization raising very small money as well as doing small projects in Rajasthan and Gujarat. So resource-wise, it's very difficult to visit, but we do visit on and off in the old project villages too to go and see how people are living after what harvesting is done, what major changes they have observed. So while visiting, one of the key things is we learned from our work and then we can do it better in next projects. Yeah, yeah. Learn as you go along and mm-hmm. see maybe what you could have done better. I'd like to get a bit personal now and ask you, what did you learn personally working these 32 years with Water Harvest and with the the villagers? See, my personal life has really changed. You know, see, I I born and brought up in a little bit of wealthier, you know, family. You have everything. But one of the key things which I learned, if you have something and those people who don't have, where I was exposed to over 32 years, then uh, you need to, not helping them, you need to encourage them, you know, you need inspire them to bring the change within and that can be only done through investing in people rather than investing in water infrastructure which i think sometimes water harvesting agencies do you know like built infrastructure but infrastructure alone cannot bring the change unless and until people are not encouraged people are not inspired people are not brought in these kind of work yeah, yeah. So it's it rather than just going in and, and doing a technical job, you go in and talk to the communities and try and encourage them to, to follow what, what they want to do. Now that they've got a water harvesting system, now that they've readily got water, how they can now improve their lives with, with the newfound freedom. Mm. Brilliant. Could you tell us a bit about how, how you encourage these villages? So I think I'll give you an example. Typically, we are introduced by our NGO partners to go into a particular region, go into a particular village. Now, when we go there, the first key thing is meeting in a community place rather than meeting in individual houses. So you need to meet everyone in a common place, which doesn't belong to anyone. So you send a message that you are here to help everyone rather than helping certain people. Then, you know, as I said, sitting on one place, sitting on one level, one carpet. So you always sit men, women with different gender, different caste groups together and start talking what they can do rather than, you know, what what I'm bringing to them. So it's not like we're introducing this is what the project is and we want to do 
these things for you like water infrastructure and that's it no conversation needs to start from what they can do so they start believing that they do have so they do contribute uh, either in cash some money either in labor for construction of these water infrastructure and then we commit that if you can do say 30 percent of the total cost we'll put 70 percent so our 70 percent is adding as a catalyst for them to reach 100 percent and that changes mindset of people that we are here to help them rather than being just giving money and then you go to another village then another thing which we also do we continuously meet people so on and off try to share our knowledge which we have acquired while traveling from different parts of india etc so you they also learn and then we do trainings or uh, what trainings so like training one of the example is like we provide safer drinking water to rainwater harvesting but we know that still rainwater harvesting might be having a biological contamination water is not pure so like training how to make sure that water can be more purer more safer to drink so filters how to make sure that health and hygiene practices hand washing is important for your own hygiene and health too so i think these types of you know trainings are done trainings are also done in local dialect it's not just hindi there are different dialects rajasthan and gujarat so you need to do these trainings in local dialect in more simplified wordings and then we continue doing that till people reach to a level where they can sustain these works themselves yeah they become independent correct so you said that the main people in the villages collecting water are, are women and girls what sort of transformation do you see in the villages expectations of women and girls and their life opportunities see traditionally in uh, villages where we work is women and girl child's responsibility to fetch water no boy or no not your husband or anyone you know brother will help you to fetch water and women and girls walk at least five to six kilometer daily to fetch water once they have water infrastructure through water harvesting systems and if they have a year round water they don't need to walk they have enough time to help their family so they start doing income generation schemes so we basically organize these women into women self-help groups so 10 15 women you know are organized into a group and they start doing saving in credit so they save a little bit of money and then you know lend it within themselves and this is how they start helping themselves that's the initial starter and then they do some income generation schemes we observe that women start selling a little bit of things in nearby villages and earn money they do livestock like milk selling so i think that's one which helps women to you know be more economically empowered as well as live more dignified life rather than just 24 7 365 days even if you are sick you have to walk you know bring water for the family so that's gone so the whole fetching is literally gone and i observed many villages second thing is girl child who is basically not allowed to go to school because she has to help mother these girl children can go to schools and we have some brilliant examples which i have personally observed some girls are graduated some school students are chartered accountants it takes maybe 10 15 years of their 
time, but water provided that opportunity for them to be thriving. Wow, some of them become accountants. Correct, chartered accountants. That's amazing. Mm. What's a what's a charter accountant? It's basically an accountant, you know, with certified, you know, accounts, which are certifying any accounts of companies or NGOs. That's amazing. So it's a very it's it's a very big post, you know, it's very competitive. Yeah. Only twenty five percent, you know, are passed out yearly in India. Wow. So we have some people who are gone up to that level. So other than selling products and, and goods, what other jobs do uh these women take up? So I think women self-help groups are doing handicrafts. There are lots of handicrafts items in Rajasthan and Gujarat where they started preparing these and then selling it out, raising some money for their families. Women are also helping other village women too. So I think, you know, like sharing your knowledge, sharing your experience, inspiring some other similar kind of women in other villages to come out from these water poverty come out from these traditional way of working. And I think like another example is sanitation. Toilets are very rare, but for last five, six years, government of India has put up lots of efforts to have a toilet. Without toilet, women have a very difficult life. And I think we have observed these kind of services has really helped women to go further, have a more dignified life, so you install toilets as well into the villages? Uh, we don't do. We help government to achieve. But we provide our knowledge, maybe, you know, upgrading them. People with disabilities, uh, people have a very difficult life to fetching water, accessing sanitation facilities, how to make sure that these sanitation and water infrastructure are disabled friendly. So we have innovated, you know, designs to make sure that these are accessed by, you know, people with disabilities too. So you make sure that people with disabilities are, are able to use the toilets as well? Yeah. We're coming to the end of the interview now. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think you should mention? I think I just want to share. I think we are listening. The UK is facing severe drought during these couple of months because of less rain, etc. And I always share that in a world needs to learn from desert communities, how they handle water, how they use water efficiently. And there are smaller steps, so if even smaller steps, like taking less shower, using, you know, water, using water lesser, you know, during shower, or, you know, cleaning, etc., kitchen, you know, water, etc., we can save lots of water, come out with such kind of drought situation. We know that climate change, Weather patterns are changing and this is going to be a regular phenomena across the world. And my learning is through what harvest projects, working in desert is, is still there is enough where world need to learn from desert communities. Thank you very much for your time, Yogiji. No worries. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a really lovely interview to hear about what you've seen, mm-hmm. the change that water harvest can provide and help. Thank you so much. If you would like to donate to Alison Mitchell's marathon fundraiser, the link is in the description. And if you would like updates on the podcast and other Givey fundraisers, follow us on social media. 
we are Gibby HQ on everything.